Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. A little bit of a different intro again for you as we continue this vision and values series. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a really important series that I think if you're new to our church or if you've been around for a long time, it's very valuable. Um, it's core to our church, Kingsway Christian Church in Mount Vernon, Missouri. Uh, my name's Ryan, and I am pretty new here. So if you're new, you're not alone. I've been here about four months as we're as we're taping this. I'm the worship and discipleship pastor, and I'm just excited to see how these vision and uh, the the values are like panning out in our church community. Absolutely. And uh, my name is Trevor. I'm the lead pastor and preaching pastor here, and I was a part of the team that put these together. And so as we're continuing this journey now through the the values, I am stoked to see how they continue to show up, and now they are a part yeah. of our kind of culture and who we are, and I'm excited to continue to pursue them and do that better. And I'll invite you in. If you've been a part of Kingsway for a long time, this is a really fun way for you to get to see that this stuff is working and that it's at work. Um, of course, yeah. things can always be better, um, but man, it's fun, it's fun to see that some of this stuff is taking root. And if you're new to Kingsway, this is a beautiful way for you to get a chance to join in and to recognize what we're aiming for and the things that we're pursuing as a yeah. church. So I hope that this series will be continue to be an encouragement to you and that you'll enjoy it. So thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, enjoy. Hey, welcome back to the Kingsway Podcast. Welcome. Glad you're here. Back with another episode. Got a new series we're starting today. Yep. Stoked about it. A Um, series that I am not an expert on. I was going to say, this is going to be a series that Ryan is learning along with you, the listener, the watcher. Um, But it's a healthy series. Yeah. Really healthy. It's a series I'm excited about. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a series, too, that if you've been attending Kingsway or maybe you're not attending Kingsway, you just know a little bit about Kingsway. Um, Maybe you don't know enough or maybe you're looking to know more. This would be the perfect series for you to pay attention to and track with us because basically over the next, well, it's I'm not going to say six weeks, but over through six sessions, we are basically going to be discussing kind of the heartbeat focus, um, kind of the driving force, the I would say kind of the stable foundation of how we make most of our decisions and where most of our choices come from as uh, kind of a kingdom minded organization. So, yeah, that being said, if you're totally new here, if this is like the first thing you're checking out, if you met Trevor once and he said, hey, check out this series, Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to give you some info. This is a podcast based on or or coming out of our church, Kingsway Christian Church in Mount Vernon, Missouri. Trevor at the moment of the filming right now <laughs> yep. has been the a pastor here for 12 plus years. I have, um, is currently the senior pastor. I have been the worship pastor here for less than six months. So if you're new here, I'm also relatively new here. And that was part of the reason why this yeah. came about was we have some newer people after a COVID year and yeah. also people that uh, have been around for a little while, but we haven't had a chance to maybe do a full kind of explanation, I would say. I don't I don't like the idea of indoctrination. It's more of explanation yeah. because I think buy-in to this is something that you need to choose to do. And I don't know if it's necessarily like these aren't six, like these aren't six core principles that are like absolutely necessary to follow Jesus. Yeah. These are six points of emphasis that Kingsway has chosen to make uh, really important to focus our resources, our time, our energy, and kind of our hearts 
um, when we come up against things that it make make those decisions a little complicated, difficult, yeah. um, or when you have limited resources and time. You're like, you know, you can't aim for everything. You'll miss everything too. Yeah. So, you know, you'll hit nothing. So the, the thought process behind this is let's focus, let's put our time and resources and our energy and our hearts in one direction. It may not be the best decoration, d- d- you know, direction for everybody, but for yeah. us, it's our chosen path. This has kind of a prerequisite. This is not a thing that Trevor came up with. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. This is actually a thing that over the course of about five to seven years, while we were getting debt free as a church, um, we were going, all right, we are getting debt free. We called it getting unchained for future ministry. Yeah. Um, we were like, what's that future ministry? <laughs> like that, that was like the big, yeah. the big question. You're like, so we're getting debt free for something. something. And so out of that, we decided we needed, we were very motivated and very focused to say, we need to decide where our church is going and how that's going to be, um, determined is not going to be by programs that change or even a Sunday morning service that can look different. Mm -hmm. Um, But it needs to be determined by things that don't change, that don't, uh, that don't shift with um, the newest fads or the newest, um, you know, Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, not in a bad way, but like the newest programs, the newest uh, ways to teach something, the newest ways to do something. We need to be, um, we need to have a focus that's larger than that. And so out of that, we came up with our mission statement and then our core values that have been that foundation and since we've gotten debt free and now into 2021. So you being so new, you weren't a part of that process. Yeah. I when would you say that process happened? Cuz right now it is <laughs> July 2021. Uh-huh. And after listening to Malcolm Gladwell's podcast today about memory and how difficult <laughs> it is to remember <laughs> how unreliable d- it how is. How difficult Great. it is to remember dates and times with accuracy. I believe that process ended right around 2015, 2016. Okay. So we've had these in place uh, for almost four or five years, pretty solidly. Um, and then in the last two years, we actually put them up in the walls and yeah. like got them like on the walls so everybody can actually see them um, and recognize that they're not just a part of like this back back door, like in the hidden places, you know, part of our motivation, but that yeah. anybody that comes in our church can see them. We're not hiding them. Um, we, we want to promote them and make sure everybody recognizes we're on the same page. So we're going to get to one of those in just a second. But before we get there, Ryan, yeah, I need to make something very clear. Um, yeah, the Phoenix Suns are right now are in the NBA Finals, um, and I know you're a huge NBA oh, sports I, fan. The St. Louis NBA team is my favorite one. <laughs> That's where I grew up, and this this St. Louis basketball netters. I don't know what I yeah, thought you were going to say. That's, but I, that's you know. why I didn't grow up being a basketball or football fan. What did we have? You had Nothing. the Rams and you had... Uh, I had the Rams when I was like old enough to understand what was going on post-Kurt Warner. Uh-huh. So we had nothing. We had nothing. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, that being said, I grew up with <laughs> the NBA Trailblazers in, in Oregon. And then I was a huge Suns fan. My, my yeah. grandparents, both sides... Well, my grandmas actually were Suns fans. Um, my dad's mom um, was a huge Suns fan, and she had season tickets for a while. And Charles Barkley back in the day it was okay. it was a lot of fun. So this is the first time in like I think it's 28 years they've been in the NBA Finals, or 27 mm-hmm. years they've been in the NBA Finals, and they have a chance to win their first NBA championship ever, ever, ever. Okay. 
So it's a big is this deal. A, is this a Cubs moment? This is this. It's not quite breaking the curse, but I would say that the NBA, um, the Suns side of the NBA, like what what the Suns represent in the NBA, there's not a lineage in the history that the Cubs would have, where they're, of course, you know, obviously one of the first fan franchises have like a long history of being successful a hundred years ago, um, until yeah. their modern day success. The Phoenix has kind of always been bottom of the barrel forgotten they were an expansion team and they they've been good it's just they've never been great yeah so the series got tied up last night two to two and so it's basically a best of three all i want you to know out there is if you're cheering for anybody whether it's the st louis nba team or an, or a real nba team <laughs> <laughs> or a non-imaginary one i want you to join in and and hope that the suns are going to win <laughs> for me i just want you to love the suns for one week Put some good mojo out there for them, you know, good vibes, uh, you know, pray them up. And I'll put on my favorite Suns jersey. <laughs> Your favorite? Was that just you, like, sunburned? Like, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll put on my uh, 2015 Grinnell, Iowa Suns jersey. It's uh, me, no shirt on, like uh -huh. purple from sunburns, almost crusty shoulders after a couple days. Can't put a shirt on, took a few days off of work. That, that's, that's my Suns that's jersey. That's how I may feel if they lose. So I just want you to know, just, I'll be burned all over. Um, anyway, really that's funny. been at the peak of my interest and it was a little heartbreaking last night. They lost and they've been, they were up two to zero. Now the bucks have won the last two oh, man. and it's just, I just don't, I don't want to be emotionally tied to this, but I feel like I am already an emotionally tied person. Can I so, ask what yeah. could be a stupid question? Go ahead. The little I know about basketball is that one team has pretty much dominated the past three plus years okay. which is the golden state warriors yes what happened so where are they at <laughs> such a good question man so uh last yeah trevor's year, been the senior pastor of basketball for 12 <laughs> years i've only been hearing about it for six months the so last, come about this the last year there was a bubble because of corona so they went down to disney world and actually played and stayed at the disney world disney world disney world resort and like played yeah and all this it was like crazy yeah the lakers won that so they became the Emmy. They they beat. Now, why Golden State isn't good anymore is a great question. Then the best answer I can tell you is injuries. Okay. Um, they had three really good players at the time that they were dominating: Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. Yep. Um, Kevin Durant tore his Achilles, mm -hmm. and Clay Thompson actually tore his ACL, MCL, tore his whole knee up. Yeah. And so both of them did. Were Steph tear his three. So free, Steph, free throws. Steph, Steph actually had an MVP caliber year, played really, really well. But you could tell there was several times that, like, Amon Green is the other really good player. And they have yeah. a couple other that are decent. But he was looking around like, guys, yeah. help me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they, they, they haven't been as good because of that. They, they okay. still could be. This year, actually, who should have won was the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I know okay. you. Kevin Durant went to that team. Um, Already? Yep. and Because he was traded. And then James Harden, who's one of the best players to play in the NBA, and then is he that guy with the unibrow? He's nope. That's uh, that's Anthony Davis. Uh, <laughs> he's the beard, the big guy with the biggest beard. All right, fear the beard uh, is his kind of. Tag was line. he on the Raptors for he, a minute? He was on Houston. Or, yeah, he was on Houston and I Oklahoma can see City. His face in uh -huh. my head. Okay. okay, and then Kyrie Irving is the other one yeah. who used to play with LeBron James in. Didn't Cleveland. he kill his father in Star Wars Episode Seven? No, that's a different Kai. Okay, <laughs> that's a different guy. 
It's I know nothing. All right, that was just a sidebar. I just I was just trying to get a little sympathy from the St. Louis NBA fan that you are, and those that you're watching right now, feel free to tear him apart in the comments. Yeah. But also lift me up, and hopefully you raise me up. <laughs> I just wanted yeah. to, I was just like, I just watched it last night and I had a little heartbreak. So by the time yeah. this comes out, hopefully, I'm just, I'm just, hopefully, yeah. the uh, the Sons of One and I am on cloud nine and I will probably have mentioned it in another podcast if that has, and if they've lost, I will pretend like nothing happened and I will slowly die inside. Yeah. So I'm just waiting for the curse to be broken mm -hmm. that St. Louis can get an NBA team. Because that, well, that's what the culture of St. Louis yeah, we don't need a football team. We need an NBA team. Yeah, and a soccer team, dude. Soccer, and that's a whole other discussion. Man. I know nothing about that sport either. So, but I know we need one. <laughs> I'm gonna just coach you real quick. All yeah. right, the World Cup know. happens every four years. Yep. you know that, right? In I between, didn't know. Okay. I thought it was every year. I every thought four years. It was just the Olympics. Every four years is the World Cup. Um, in between that is kind of like the NFL's like Super Bowls, but it's for regions. Okay. So they have like South Americans, uh, South America is like the, the America Cup or whatever. I can't remember. Yeah. And then they have the Euro Cup, which is like all the European. And then they have like the African and then the, the Central American. And they all have like their own regional. Is there not Super a North Bowl. American one? There is not. Do North American ones participate? So in North America Central? has their own MLS league. That okay. has not kind of got. That sounds like a disease. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. You have MLS. You have MLS. No. It's Major League Soccer. Yeah, However, okay. <laughs> um, so on Saturday, um, the European Championships went to penalty kicks. Um, it it was really really good. And I don't know Italy, how I heard about that, but I did. Italy uh, beat England, and it was incredible. Spoilers if you haven't watched, um, but it was incredibly intense, and it came down to the last kick. And I love soccer, and so it, the the kind of the intensity of that it was was also amazing. I feel like I could love soccer more than other sports. It's the best because there's no commercials. I always sell oh, people that's on great. that. It's like once the half starts, it will never cut. So it's like 45 minutes to 50 minutes of just solid gameplay. Yeah. And just hanging out and watching. And I love that. That's like that's my great. favorite part about watching soccer. So now that we've sold you on uh, the greatest ah. NBA hits of the St. Louis and on soccer, I know that we've just picked up a ton of people listening. Oh, yeah. And they're just so in tune. And most of you have fast forwarded to this place so that you don't have to hear about it. But – yeah. Let's jump into uh, one of our first values. I have them written down here. I, I probably could quote a few of them. Um, I want to start with one that maybe is a little bit more understandable because we have a few that maybe are that. But this is uh, this is one that I think will help us kind of understand kind of why the culture of Kingsway, these values were important. So originally we yeah. had 12 and then we wrote them down to 10 and then we had eight and then we originally then we just got to six and it was like just yeah. trying to keep it. To a place where it's understandable. So here's here's one of the Kingsway's values, and this will definitely be a part of um, probably the title or something. We'll see how yeah. it looks, but it's it says this: We will embrace change to reach people for Jesus. The message is timeless, but the method has a shelf life. Okay, let me read that one more time. We will embrace change to reach people for Jesus. The message is timeless. The method has a shelf life. Okay. Okay. So the the thought process behind um, you know each of these values is that it gives clarity to some of the choices that we make Sunday mornings, children's ministry, um, youth ministry, to our events, 
outside of a Sunday morning service yeah. um, to our small groups to anything we choose to do. Yeah. Now, you've seen this probably in the most intense way last year when Corona hit and we started. And everybody had this value. Everybody to had to some change. degree. Yes. And so all of a sudden you're like, well, the message hasn't changed, but I guess the method has to like it has to change in yeah. some way. Even so I've been a worship minister now for four years full time, but I was at a different church for three and a half years. And when that hit. We are in the independent Christian church movement. All you need to know about that, if you don't know what that is, is that there's no church government. There's no president of the Christian church. Nobody um, told you what to do. Yeah, nobody tells you what to do except for the elders, kind of kind of people who aren't hired at your church, but mm-hmm. your church appoints to be leaders in some way. Yep. Um, so, but kind of our character was like, we take communion every week. Communion is a vital part of our worship service. Well, then everybody was at home for our church for like 12, 14 something weeks. Yeah. How do you do the vital part of that service? And so a lot of churches, if they continued doing communion, um, did like whatever you got in your house, root yep. beer and Wheaties or whatever. Yep. yep. And uh, yeah, it became it became something that you had to think outside of the box. And what I love about that value yeah. is it makes you define what the message is. Because Which that that almost was a bad example for the message because that that is the method mm-hmm. that communion is a way that you accomplish something absolutely it's a but thing that you do it defined it it defined it in the sense of like the Wheaties and the root beer even though that was a different method in the yeah. sense of like how you would normally take it in a room with a bunch of people you know we said not in not in person but in one spirit. That's how yeah. we chose to say that because the message of communion is we are united under yeah. one banner under Christ. Right. And yeah. when we take these things, we are ingesting them and then we are saying we are one with Christ. Yeah. And then we look around and we see all those who are also doing that. Right. Now, we couldn't do that physically, but maybe there's a common or two. Maybe you see the little blinker that there's 30 other people watching or 50 yeah. other people watching knowing that that can be still possible even if yeah. it's not in a room how many love songs are like you know i'm staring at the move on one side moon on one side of the earth and you're staring at the same moon <laughs> yeah. on the other side of the earth right like you're staring yeah. at the same stars i'm staring at yeah it's very similar to this we're like i'm like that's that's the message of communion is that we are together yeah even though we're separate we're together and uh we're united in christ yeah. we're all looking to the same thing we're all doing the same thing in the same yeah. way. I really love that. There's cuz there's there's such value in tradition and value in the way we've done things. There's value in in even um for a lot of Christians who grew up in church, grew up going to church camps and whatever. That song mm-hmm. that played that made you think I want to give my life to Jesus. Absolutely. It doesn't matter how good that song actually is. <laughs> the fact that it was the one that was there when that was happening to you means a lot it makes it extra special um but i i appreciate that in in spite of how valuable that is this value statement says we'll never we'll never sacrifice people in the name of nostalgia yes sacrifice people in the name of tradition that is exactly when i read this all i think is nostalgia should never keep us from reaching people outside of that nostalgia yeah 
I was just talking on Facebook yesterday. I say on that sounds so old now. I was just talking on Facebook yesterday uh-huh. um, to another worship pastor who I knew uh, when I was growing up. He was uh, at a local Christian college and was a sponsor at my church camp. Um, he's a worship minister now, and his church has different service types where they're committed to style yeah. in, in different ways and different services. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how hard that is because he feels like like he's gifted at one style. He feels like that service is better. And the other one with the other style is like, you wanted this. Mm-hmm. And, and it feels like style is the core mm-hmm. versus ministry versus the truth of the gospel versus whatever else being the core yeah. that you use style to communicate. And that's what I was going to say. And that's a perfect transition yeah. into this. This um, this value is very easy to like when you are a part of the new method. It oh, is yeah. really hard to like when you're let going, you're letting go, letting go. of your method. Yeah. When what you prefer. And, yeah. And this this is always difficult. And one of the things that I say quite often, it's it's actually a Greg Boyd quote. Um, but I never want to put something in between someone and Jesus. Yeah. And I, I really think at times, unintentionally, we put a method in between reaching someone, not yeah. the message. The message actually isn't what's keeping someone from getting to Jesus. The message would work. It's how we're delivering the message that is causing yeah. the problem. Yeah. And that's where I feel like even what we're doing right now on this podcast is an attempt to take the message of Jesus and to put it into a methodology, into a, uh, a practical way of engagement that yeah. is a, new to our technology. It's new to the devices that we have in our hands. It's new to the options of time yeah. um, in the sense of priorities that people choose to listen to podcasts or jump on YouTube. We want to put our message in a place where the most people will have a chance to hear it and reach Jesus. I, I can't imagine 100 years ago they'd roll over in your grave where you're not just having a revival you know, every Thursday. Yeah. You're actually just releasing an audio version of, of a revival. You know what I mean? Like you're just, you yeah. know, like you're just jumping it's, online. I think it's a good point because it's we're not doing that because we want to see more numbers because that's where people are at, and we want them to con like like it's not consumerism. No, it's not like we want to be the people you consume from. No, it's care. Yep, we care about people. Where are people at? So we can we're trying go to find them and care about are. them. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, Tent revivals were a big thing for a long time, mm-hmm. early 1900s, late 1800s, and on. And I know they were happening in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, mm-hmm. but you don't hear about them as much. And one reason is garage door openers. Mm-hmm. You go in your house, you turn your, you drive into your garage, you turn your car off, and you hit the garage door opener. You There's less people sitting on their front porch talking to each other. Mm-hmm. There's less people open to... A random thing happening down the street. And I know my father-in-law was an Assemblies of God preacher for a long time. Yes. And he preached a revival that people just heard from their open windows. Mm-hmm. And like nobody showed up, but they left the windows cracked because it was hot in there where they were doing yep. it. And people came to know the Lord because they sat on the front. That's a thing that mm-hmm. that could still exist, but in the United States is existing less and less because of garage door openers, because of cell phones and social media, because yep. of urbanization where people are moving to cities and there's less people in a in an area where they feel comfortable sitting on their front porch with their window open just listening to the town or whatever absolutely and why this is such an effective value is for example 
this last year where all of a sudden things changed and, you know, people have to stay home for a myriad of reasons, whether it be, um, you know, trying to be safe and wise, whether it be um, they're actually sick, um, whether it be we're just not in a position to stay open. There was there was times when it seemed like the old method of what church was was being threatened, like completely. Yeah. And there could have been a lot of fear in that. Um, there could have been a lot of like, well, what if nobody ever comes back? You yeah. Know, like what if this method breaks completely? We have all these buildings and we have all these like set ways of doing things. This won't work if everyone's sick. And yeah. it was terrifying for a little while to think. Um, one of the things that I used as kind of like a stabilizing uh, thought process was actually when we, uh, <laughs> this is like super silly, but it works really well. Um, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. One of the most focused and I think goal-driven, priority-driven, vision-driven organizations in the fast food world. Um, Because of their consistency, their values, they are an incredible place to go and eat, especially with small children. Because their values meet the standards of a young family um, with kids getting a quality experience, good service, and good food. When this hit, they closed their lobbies. You didn't get to see their people face to face. And the environment that they set up that was one of the biggest draws for our family yeah. closed. And I found myself going like, man, as an organization, that would be terrifying, right? Where mm. all of a sudden you're like, oh, my goodness, that this, this place, how are they going to survive? And when I went to Chick-fil-A in the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of one of the most shut down times, and you're, you know, you're going through there and everybody's wearing masks in their car and, you know, in the drive through and trying to be safe. I was amazed how well their message that you matter, they are trying to provide good service for you. Yeah. And they, they want you to get the best food they can, that you can in the, in the best time. It's still translated. They had four car lines. They had a. They planned for you. They yeah. still interacted in the small ways that they had. They still interacted with love and compassion and kindness and quick resolve. They found a way to change their method or to, to re-engage their method to still push that brand, that, that goal, that, that value system forward. And, and it blew my mind. It yeah. really blew my mind that they were able to do it that fast um yeah and in my heart i knew that's what the church needs to do it, it needs to be able to be flexible enough to recognize that a methodology can be really effective in one minute and then 10 minutes later yeah that message hasn't changed but how we deliver it it needs to be better yeah you know there's a great and does that make sense yeah that no click? that totally makes sense the uh the church I came from when the pandemic hit, it was a week or two in. None of us knew how to do any of it because there's no rules. This has never happened before. Mm-hmm. So I remember week one um, of of live streaming only. Nobody's at our building except for the people we need, and mm-hmm. they're all at a safe distance or in tiny groups. Um, week one, we live stream the service, and the directions I'm given are act like nothing happened. Like mm. in, in terms of like camera shots and yeah. where you're looking in the room so right. that people it'll feel like when they're on vacation and they just watch a live stream instead of showing up because yeah. they aren't here. So we're all just looking at an empty room full of chairs and this this preacher gets up and preaches just to empty chairs and the, none of the cameras are where the chairs are at. So yeah. it's all these angles and they're not making eye contact one week 
uh, after that Sunday. We were like, that did not work. That yeah. absolutely did not work. So then we change everything to where all of us are looking at the camera all the time. Yeah. There's like a red light on top of it, so we have something to look at. And then when they preach, they sit at a pub table. They look right at the camera. The shot's like as yeah, close as I am up. to you, uh-huh. framed up like that. And it's so much more personable. Um, and we try to do that with, with the our musical worship team as much as yeah. we can. Um but I mean, but that's yeah. you looking at it and going, how can we method, you know, method yeah. wise, can we get it? Yeah. And I think here's here's kind of the importance. And this is where, you know, all of these have somewhat biblical basis. These aren't just like great wise words were pulled out. Um, you know, Paul goes into a very specific place in his I think it's his second tour. And a, he goes into. um Oh, gosh, why can I not remember this right now? He goes into a place where they have um, an incredible understanding of religious freedoms in their discussions. I believe it's Athens. I could be wrong. Um, But he goes in and they have all their gods laid out. Yep, that's Athens. And so they're laid out and he's walking through basically this like, it's almost like a display case. You know, it's this museum of all these gods. And he finds one that they're even like, <laughs> like to the unknown God is what yeah. it basically says. And so Paul goes to their, um, this prominent place that they have set up for these theological discussions, these very prominent discussions. And he starts his speech out with, Hey, I know the name and I know about this God that you don't have a name. And he actually yeah. starts out by saying, I can tell you're very well thought and very well knowledgeable uh or you are you have a lot of knowledge very of, well studied yes yeah, studied on, and this stuff yeah. he's like i have the answer you know for this unknown god yeah and so his message doesn't change yeah but the way he approaches them fits extremely well when he's speaking to the people who grew up in jewish church mm-hmm. with him and like mm-hmm. he knows he knows what works for them but when he goes to people who have never been mm-hmm. it's different yes yeah 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 and so this all totally makes it's, sense. And so in my mind, this is all we're doing. We're looking yeah. around us. We're recognizing. And you notice that the beginning of this value says we will reach people for Jesus. Yeah. The goal of this is not to be the newest, fattest, coolest, hippest. That you know, fattest is spelled F-A-D-D-E-S-T <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. It's not the top of the fats. It's, it's meant yeah. to be something that is intentional. It's meant yeah. to be something that goes with the flow for all the right reasons. That yeah. goes for the flow with the right heart, not to yeah. not to be cool, not to get ahead, um, but to really say like this is where the people are at. So, I'll give you an example of what this has looked like in our church um, because you haven't been around. Yeah, that means that sometimes um, we have done things um, like an ice cream and fireworks where we basically just hang out, shoot some fireworks off, and invite people to come back to church, which is this next week. It, to some, they're like, "Well, where's the devo?" Yeah. Like, where, where's the, like, religious part of this? Like, what's the what's the hang-up? Why wouldn't you do this? And in our minds, we go, no, relationally, this is where you connect. And yeah. the message is, you matter, and we care about you. And we want to give you a place where you might find some people that do. And then connect you in. And for some, they're like, why don't you have, like, a full-on, you know, revival? Why don't yeah, you Yeah, why do- don't you use that money, that whatever? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's it's... I, I can definitely see a few reasons why we would choose to do something like that. Mm-hmm. One, build relationships with people in your church who are mm-hmm. showing up, mm-hmm. who you don't get to talk to while you're participating in a service. Yep. Two, invite new people. Yep. Like you invite new people. There's a thing that is at a neutral location. Yep. 
where they can meet your church. They're coming to to squirt a couple water guns, let their kids play, and possibly a sprinkler yeah. or two, eat some ice cream, and watch some fireworks. A lot of people that don't know Jesus do those types of things and could easily be invited yeah. into that. Yeah. And that methodology is that it leads to something greater, not that the message is being watered down that we yeah. don't want to talk about Jesus at that moment. Also, on top of that, third reason, uh, we're practicing how to get along like we're going to have to do in heaven for eternity. Yes. Yes. Like, <laughs> I love how you always say it. it's like meals are a huge part of what heaven is going to be like. Oh, yeah. And so like having a meal like that where we hang out, that's a part of that practice that you're talking about. Um, so, you know, yeah. to get even more specific, our church has done lots of things, lots of different times. We had a Good Friday service this last yeah. Good Friday that was very intentional for people that were coming in. If you're coming in on a Good Friday to our service, that message in the method is going to be intentional. We know why you're there. You're yeah. not just showing up randomly yeah. like, I got to go to church on Friday. You want to think about and talk about and be a part of something that's about the crucifixion. So that message isn't going to change, but the method of how we deliver it will be a little bit more traditional. We did pretty different from a normal Sunday service. Yep. We we lit and blew out extinguished candles at very specific times. We mm-hmm. we did a lot of long scripture readings and times for prayer, and we did mm-hmm. other stuff that's way different than a Sunday service because the message required a different method. Yes, it, and the, the, the best part about it was I left there and there were people that hadn't been a part of anything for a long time because of the pandemic that were rejuvenated, excited, yeah, and partly just going like, this is what I really needed was I needed something like this. Um, yeah. I think this is just a valuable thing that at times when we don't know what to do, a lot of times we like to evaluate um, the message, if the message is getting out there, if the message is blah, blah, blah rather than evaluating our nostalgia in the method. Yeah. And this is a value that we intentionally say, are we holding back reaching people because we're holding on to a method that we're attached to and the message isn't getting to the places it needs to Yeah, because of it. Um, so this, this value has been uh, incredibly helpful. I think it's been something that's been focusing. I think it's been something that's been engaging for me to think outside the box because you're like, no, no, no. No, she's not changed, but let's just think about this for a minute. Like, yeah. what, what could we do? Because this is not something I want to get so tied into nostalgia that we don't think outside ourselves. Um, so that's the first of uh, these six values. I yeah. think it's going to be a, a great conversation. Like I said, they may not be back to back to back, but we'll have six of them. I hope this was helpful to you to understand yeah. in Kingsway. If you come in and something's a little different, just know that at the heart is the message of the gospel of Christ and Jesus as our Savior, risen from the grave, and that we put our full trust in him. Every person has to surrender their life to him and live, but he does not ask for anything. He asks for everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then in return, he offers full life. Um, and for a lot of us, I think when you, le- when you hear the gospel for the first time, it feels like you're going to lose more than you're going to get, and that could not be further from the truth yeah. <laughs> could not be further from the truth hey thanks so much for tuning in if you have any questions about this podcast or any q a questions yeah. that are still gathering um for more things or maybe you want more clarification about what we talked about uh yeah. feel free to reach out and as always uh pray for the phoenix suns um because so they win <laughs> the nba championship <laughs> <laughs> and evidently pray that the nba comes to st louis so that ryan can become yeah. a true nba fan so that i can uh, <laughs> finally figure out the rules to basketball <laughs> That's step one. I love you. What's legal? I love you so much.
<laughs> you just traveled. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, we'll see you next week. Have a great and glorious day in the Lord. We'll see you later. See ya.